4: Oh, that is us. It is the bonus hour of the show. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier. in for the guys, Jason Smith, and his best friend, Mike Carmen Though Whoa. I did say this, technically we're filling in for Colin Coward.
7: This is one of your all-time spin zone yes. deals. I love it.
4: Because Gottlieb filled in for Colin, Jason Smith and Mike Harmon filled in for Gottlieb. Yes. And we're filling in for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. So oh, technically we're goodness. filling in for Colin Coward. You love it. I do, I mean, and usually we're not allowed to fill in for Colin because they don't trust okay. Torres. No, you're uh, not
7: allowed to fill in for Colin. Me and Colin are best friends. I sat on that couch. We talked a little college hoops. Have you been on that couch? Has he invited you on the show? Oh, my goodness. I, I'm Mr. College Hoops for, for Colin. I've been on the couch many times.
4: The couch and I know each other well. Funny, I've, I've never been on the show. Yes, I, 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 I'm very aware. I don't think he knows who I am. I think that is very possible. I'm a, pr- sure. I'm a pretty big deal. Just ask me.
7: Listen, I will yeah. tell you. The staff is very aware if there are any Vermont-based <laughs> topics that we we need uh, we need an expert on. Yes, yes. If the catamounts ever come up, I mean, Collins is pretty much meat and potatoes, LeBron, yeah. Brady, Baker, Mayfield kind of guy. But I'm if, his well, for,
4: Vermont insider, is
7: that what Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. If there's ever a big scandal at Ben and Jerry's that somehow has a sports twist, you will be the first call. So I you're you.
4: telling me the reason we don't get the fill-in earlier is because of me, not you? I, I am almost positive of it, yes. They hate me that much? They the do. The bosses above?
7: Well, here's the thing. They don't hate you that much. You're on three straight nights.
4: I yeah, mean, but, me and Plank you know, do carry you, but that's yes, I, another well, course, conversation yeah, for another yes, day. Absolutely. Um. By the way, we went three hours. Uh, we were, were contractually obligated uh, by the bosses to bring up Tim Tebow's name. I've heard it, the name, yes. Yes. It, it, by the way, I, I can't believe so many people are bent out of shape. I'm um, so about this one-year contract when you have to make the team. You, you don't automatically get the money and, and get to be on the team. you got to make the team. I don't even know what it is. I used to think he's not going to make the team. Now I'm thinking maybe it's a 50-50 chance. I, heck, if I know if if he's going to do it, I think they'll give him every chance to be in it. But I can't believe so many people are bent out of shape that this guy's getting a chance, you know? I am 100% with you. I don't
7: understand. And what I would say is a few things. Well, first of all, we need to remember – that he does it, this isn't a guaranteed roster spot nobody's no. saying he's going to line up opposite Trevor Lawrence on the first play of the season right. it is just a shot to get a spot on the roster He's a professional athlete. We all agreed four, five, six years ago that he could be an NFL tight end if he was committed to yeah, it. Yeah,
4: somebody's like, he's not even that great of an athlete. Look what he did at quarterback. I go, he won the Heisman. You got to be a pretty good athlete to be. I get the Heisman, don't you? He led the Broncos to the playoffs. Oh, like I, I mean, I'm not I'm
7: not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but like right, we, we right. got to cut him some slack here. He and I, and I should mention, too, he's been training as a professional athlete. Oh, by the way, uh, Rico Gathers, not sure if you heard of him, had never played tight end. One off season, then yes. he's with the Cowboys. Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, yes. on and on and on. So the Antonio point Gates
4: played basketball, right, for Kent State, I believe. Yes, that's the yeah. point I'm trying to make is that this isn't unprecedented. For and what ten I would, years is unprecedented, though.
7: And what I would also say, Arnie, here's the other thing. Let's stop acting like the best person gets every single job in the NFL. Right. Guys get cut all the time because of contractual things, not because they're not good enough, but there's or money. With-
4: Sometimes you gotta save the money and go with the lesser guy.
7: Or the opposite. You draft a guy and you're paying a lot of money, they gotta get paid. Uh, or you got to play him, excuse me. Zach Wilson, I don't know if he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks on the planet. Right. I can guarantee you, God forbid, unless there's an injury, which we all obviously no one hopes for an injury. If there's not an injury, Zach Wilson is starting week one. He will be one of 32 NFL starting quarterbacks in week one. It doesn't make him one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet. So let's stop getting all worked up because this guy is going to have a chance to make a roster spot.
4: I think Rob Parker said it was the ultimate white privilege that Tebow's been given this chance. No, it's the ultimate in friendship privilege, is what it is. Well, it um, has nothing to do with your race or anything like that. And people keep bringing up Ka- uh, Kaepernick. He's not—he's go- up not signing him as a quarterback. That's the first thing, and and two, you know what the relationship is between um Urban and 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 Tim Tebow. We don't have to spell that out for you, Aaron.
7: A hundred percent. And this is another thing that anyone that has ever worked in the workforce knows when a new boss comes in, in any job I have experienced in the corporate world. I'm sure you've experienced it in the corporate world. When a new boss comes in, they bring in their people. They bring in the people that know them, the people that they trust, the people to work under them, the people to, in Urban Meyer's case, help build the culture. Now, listen, We had Bucky Brooks, Hour one, go back and listen if you didn't, because Bucky is amazing. Yes, he is. And and Bucky said straight up, he said, you know, it's not going to fracture the locker room unless he is clearly not worthy of a roster spot and he gets one. And so, yes, some of this is on Urban Meyer where you can't just bring him in and hand him something that he doesn't deserve. But the idea that it's inconceivable that he could get a shot to make a roster uh, – to make the roster, excuse me. I don't get it. I don't get why everyone's so worked up. I really don't.
4: You know, Urban Meyer hired that one coach that he had to fire with, the strength and conditioning coach. Chris Doyle, yep. Um, he now is doing the Tim Tebow thing. And I, I you can't base it on two things, but – is Urban Meyer maybe a little bit over his head? Or is Urban Meyer still have that college mentality when he needs to have that professional mentality? I'm, I'm not sure. Or am I reading too much into that? So over his head, I don't believe so. But I think it is fair to ask,
7: you know, in college football, when do you win at the highest level? There's not many people answer that Nick Saban has to answer to, that Dabo Sweeney has to answer, to, that Urban Meyer had to answer to at Florida or Oklahoma or Ohio State. Excuse me, I don't know why I said Oklahoma State, but at Ohio State. But in the NFL, unless your name is Bill Belichick, yeah. you're not the star. It's the dudes in that locker room who are the star, and so I do think he kind of has this college mentality of I can do whatever I want and there are no consequences. And I do think he has to understand, dude, you're, you're this is a different ball game now. Those guys don't care what you did at Florida or Ohio State. They're here to win and get paid and take care of their families, and you still have to prove yourself to that locker room.
4: Do you think you said only he'll only be a distraction if he makes a team when he's not supposed to? He's almost a distraction now. Not I, I mean, just in sports talk radio, people talk. Uh, when's the last time we talked about the third string tight end of any team, you know? Absolutely. No. Geez. Well, and the now thing can is. You say, wait, can you just say, all right, he's a third string tight end, emergency quarterback, special teams. Now you're creating a position for him, Then something like that.
7: I I, say that again. I didn't follow. Well,
4: you you could give him three different jobs. He's a um, emergency quarterback. He's a backup tight end. He's on special teams. Now you're making him more valuable. So there's a reason why you could keep him around because he could play many different positions.
7: Absolutely, but he's still gotta be able to contribute in some form or fashion. Yeah. There's only fifty-three roster spots and I, I, I do think that now is it a distraction? It that is a fair question because we are talking about it. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, he will probably be the most coveted media interview once training camp opens, but I would also flip it on the other thing, on the other way. Is it a bad thing that he's a distraction? Isn't that part of why he is there, is to take some of, I don't want to say the pressure off of Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, you go to training camp day one, uh, they're going to want to talk to Tebow, and, and if that takes even one ounce of pressure off Trevor Lawrence, doesn't that help a little bit?
4: If Trevor Lawrence went 20 out of 20 for 400 yards and three touchdowns, and Tim Tebow came in and went one-for-one with a touchdown, Tebow would get just as much press as Trevor Lawrence. Trust me on that. I mean, if Tebow comes in and takes over, like, inside the red zone and, you know, does some of those gadget plays, the press will eat it up alive. They love stuff like that, Um, and the fans would love it too. See, here's my question. It's
7: easy to say that, but I don't believe that's true, and here's why. Because, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic, like, I was not doing national sports talk radio when Tebow was last in the NFL. Right. But from what I remember, the Broncos season was crazy. But then he goes to the Jets. He goes to a few other places. I don't remember like Tebow mania being a thing with the Jets because he wasn't productive. It, it was the the... What's the right word? I'm trying to look for with the Broncos. Where first it was just the the interest in it. Then he was winning games. Nobody knew how he was winning One, games. games.
4: in a row, I believe. Right?
7: Yeah. So, do you believe? So, so was he a distraction? Was he the first pe- person that people talked to it, it, with the Jets once the season started? He, I know when. Look, I, I don't
4: know. I, I don't know about. T- look, Tebow mania was always around. You know, Even when he was with the Jets, wasn't that the year he took off his shirt and it was like, oh, my God, this guy <laughs> yeah. is ripped. I, yeah. I can't remember 10 years later, I remember a guy taking off his shirt. I'm embarrassed to say that, but we remember that to, to this day. Sure. Look, I mean, yeah, it was a long time ago. Can he still play after 3,000-plus um, days? We'll find out. I'm rooting for him, though. I'm a Tebow fan. I want to see him get in. I want to see him do well. I think it'd be a great story. I think he's a great guy. I don't know why people are rooting against him like it's some bad thing if he makes it into the NFL. I think it's a great story. And by the way, Jacksonville does need to sell tickets a little bit. I'll bet you this. I bet you Tim Tebow, if he makes the team, will have the second best-selling jersey on the team behind Trevor Lawrence. Who knows? Maybe even number one ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I don't know, but he, he does bring money to your team, you know?
7: Oh, there's no doubt about it, and and so to me, I'm with you. First of all, he he is by all accounts a great guy, a great human being. I thought it was very interesting that his former college teammate Brandon Spikes. I don't know if you remember him, uh, but he played for the Patriots. He played for a bunch of different teams, but he came out
4: this week and basically in si- an assisted living. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just wow, kidding. wow. That's mean. Well, I'm, I'm kidding. He's 30, mid-30s. I'm just trying to say Tebow's old, get it, blah, blah, blah.
7: Yes, but Brandon Spikes, and he got criticized on Twitter because everybody does, but he (laughs) said, Tim Tebow will be an inspiration in any locker room. Trust me, I know. And so I I think coming from a former teammate who played in the NFL, I thought that was a pretty telling thing for him to say. And so to me, it's an interesting dynamic because he has to play and be productive to have any kind of... I guess leadership value because in my head, I'm sitting here thinking, if you're the practice squad tight end, nobody wants to hear you giving yay-rah-rah rah speeches in the locker yeah. room before the game. So he has to be productive. But to me, I think it's interesting, and I'm with you. I'm rooting for him. Do I think that he is definitively one of the 100 best tight ends and absolutely deserves a Like, no, but that's not what it's always about, right. and we all know that in You
4: course. could give a rah-rah speech if you're the third-string tight end. I remember there was a... A kicker for Vanderbilt, I think, was giving a rah-rah speech to uh, uh, their team. And in all seriousness,
7: (laughs) this was an analogy that I made this week when I was talking about this with somebody (laughs) is – we all learned by the end that Sarah Fuller was not the most qualified kicker on the on the <laughs> campus of Vanderbilt University, but she was universally praised, yes. universally loved. And by the way, I like that story because I understood. Look, it's Vanderbilt. Your season's over. You do need a kicker. Give her a shot. I had no problem with it, but I'm also not going to get mad that Tim Tebow, who for the record has played in the NFL, won a Heisman, is a great uh, you know is a great football player in general. By the way, he has been training as a professional athlete. I know it's a different sport, but we just talked about Antonio Gates, Rico Gathers, whoever. So all I'm saying is people love the Sarah Fuller story when it was clear by the end that she was not the most qualified kicker on Vanderbilt's campus. I don't understand why we can't get behind Tim Tebow and root for him just the same way.
4: I agree with you. Uh, By the way, just a little side story. I was uh, reading where obviously the – Tampa Bay at New England game week four tickets through the roof. The best ticket already, $12,000 just to get in the house somewhere between 1500 and 2000. We're still five months, um, you know, before that game. Do you know what the other four most expensive tickets are out of the top five? I'll give you a hint. You're probably going to want to go to the game. They're all in Las Vegas, two, three and four and five. Um, Do you plan on going to a game uh, out in Vegas to go see the Raiders or what? Have you been out there? Well, obviously you haven't because they haven't had fans. I think that
7: was just a great way to tease that we got Bernie Fratto next segment. But um, it was funny. I was visiting my mom there a few weeks ago, and we actually did go to Allegiant Stadium. You couldn't get in, but I went to the Raiders team store, which is really cool, by the way. Um, And uh, I did not know that, but I'll tell you, I mean, they were opening that stadium last year. As Bernie explained it, they basically didn't want to do limited seating because they didn't think it'd be fair to the season ticket holders so i am really excited to see what that stadium looks like with sixty five thousand so or whatever so
4: you're gonna go right you're gonna go check i don't out think 80. i can afford to go yeah well get a press pass good do that but it's gonna be a blast out there already people uh, out of state people want to come see their team and go to vegas for the weekend you're uh, in on a friday gamble hang out saturday go to the pool go to the game on sunday and you go home sunday night monday morning
7: I will tell you this really quick. I know we got to get to break. When that move was announced, and that was years ago now, the the Raiders to Vegas, I said that is going to be one of the most successful moves in pro sports history because you have Raiders fans in Oakland that can now make a weekend of it. You have Raiders fans in Los Angeles that can make a weekend of it. You have the fans in Vegas that are obviously going to show up, and the road-traveling fans are... Are gonna be insane. If you imagine being living in Green Bay mm. and week sixteen in December, you get you get see Vegas on the schedule. Who is not going to Vegas for that game, Arnie?
4: Oh, I love to go to Vegas. By the way, coming up next, we go to Vegas. Bernie Frado, host of Straight Out of Vegas, will join us next. We'll find out if there's been any moves since the schedule's been released. That's next, right here on Fox Sports our Radio.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.
1: VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career.
7: The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need.
1: Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash impact.
8: This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
4: All right. Good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on Fox Sports Radio. We're in for the guys, Jason Smith and his best friend Mike Harmon. Want to get right out to Hello. our guest. You hear him on Saturday nights at eleven o'clock Pacific. Host of Straight Out of Vegas. It's Bernie Fratto. How you doing, Bernie? Gentlemen,
6: another great sports weekend, and uh, I've got breaking news. Medina Spirit. He's cleared to run tomorrow on the preakness, nine to five odds. I understand he's changed his name to Jose Canseco. <laughs> Rafael Palmero. <laughs> I, like,
4: I like that. I like that. <laughs> Two shows
6: Saturday, folks.
4: Uh by the by the way, pretty off the bat, how's Vegas doing? Are people back? The masks are off. Are they gambling? Or do they still have the partitions at the blackjack table? What how's Vegas doing?
6: Uh the crowds are great uh you're going to see shows uh, well forty four shows have returned you're going to see conventions return in june nice and uh, they did announce today some casinos are saying uh you don't have to wear a mask if you 've been vaccinated, so we 're coming out of this thing it's in and the and the and the traffic is brisk
7: good and that was I actually have another vegas related question before we get to some gambling stuff, uh, but it is sports related is we saw this week that the oakland a s basically have permission to leave Oakland, yeah. Uh, it, you know, and, and is there a thirst for Major League Baseball in Vegas? It Would it require building a new stadium? I assume that it would. What do you look at it from Vegas' perspective with the Oakland A's?
6: I honestly feel it's a long shot. Yes, it would require certainly building a new stadium and a dome stadium at that. And uh, we've we've been on this road before. The Oakland A's have been down this road before. It'd have to be ratified by Major League Baseball. I think there are other cities too that would, you know, want to be involved. So it's not. It makes nice headlines, but uh, until we get much closer, and it's a foregone conclusion that the A's are, you know, petitioning to leave and. We've got a situation where there'd be a major league stadium
4: here. It's nothing more than a conversation piece at this point, in my opinion. All right. Uh, Bernie, let's uh, get at it. Obviously, the schedule came out. We knew who they were going to play, but we now know when they're going to play them. Did any of the odds, Super Bowl odds, change dramatically or change a little bit uh, because of the schedule release, or that didn't have any effect on it?
6: No, that didn't have any effect on it. Uh, I do know that in terms of the season over unders, the pros have fired on the under on three teams pretty significantly. The Tennessee Titans, whose total is nine, pros have fired on that under. The Raiders, whose total was seven and a half, now down to, well, check that, it's at seven. They're firing on the under uh, for the Raiders and the Lions at five. So there are, you know, some... Pretty good, interesting professional bets coming out on the enters on those. I still like the Chiefs over. Uh, I, you know, they've gone eight straight years where they've gone over. They're still mad about the Super Bowl. It's a 17 game season. They were 14 and two last year. Their total is 12. So you go 12 and five. It's a free roll. The only way you lose that bet is if the Chiefs lose six games. I just have a hard time believing the Chiefs lose <laughs> six games in a regular season. Secondly, I also like the Tampa Bay over. It's 11 and a half. They started seven and five last year. Once they figured it out, they were seven and zero down the stretch. Man, you know they had no OTAs last year, no mini camp, no preseason to speak of, no preseason games. You had a situation where Tom Brady he's running rot trees with his receivers in the parking lot of Napa Auto Parts, and they're calling the cops on him. So this year they're going to have a full camp, and they're like a college team. They got all twenty-two starters back. But the one thing that has happened is they've also released guys. The first week's lines. And there's really two bets I like a lot, actually.
7: Go ahead. We're all ears. Two
6: best bets for week one of the 2021 NFL season. One of the things we've talked about, guys, the last couple of Augusts is the fact that since September 2003, September divisional dogs have clicked along at about 63%, really been profitable. Week one, there are two divisional dogs. The one I like the most is actually Miami at New England. Now, right now it's yeah. a two and a half. Don't need to rush in on that. I guarantee you get closer to the game time, that line will go to three. But there's also another side of that bet I like a lot. The total opened up at 45. Remember, those two teams played last year in Foxborough. The final score was 21-11. to 11. I look for a real pitcher's duel with two defenses here. You don't have Ryan Fitzmagic anymore. It'll be Tua and Cam. I can't see an offensive juggernaut in that game. I love the under. The other game I like a lot is Washington football team at home catching two from the L.A. Chargers. You've got a brand-new coach, first-year coach, rookie coach, coach heading across the country week one ron Rivera always has his defense teed up week one they'll be outstanding they get after the passer and let's not forget the chargers have a brand new retooled offensive line and the washington football team a playoff team last year getting points at home i think the wrong team's getting points there
4: Bernie, I already said that the Tampa-New England game in Week 4 is going to be the highest-rated regular season game we've ever seen. I'm just wondering, will that be the highest bet game also? Have, has anybody even run to the um, early lines and bet? Is there a line on that game already uh, for Week 4? No, not yet.
6: Yeah, they did put a line on that game. The oh, oh my 10. goodness. Yeah, and, and the bottom line is, you're right, Arnie. I, it's not only a primetime standalone game. Brady going back to New England – you know, it, it'll even get bigger if Tampa Bay is, you know, three and zero like Mr. Brady says they're going to be. Yes. The bottom line <laughs> is, it, it, it. it checks every box and lines up Ugh. for an incredible marquee matchup. And I'm sure Bill Belichick's going to bring the house, wanting to win that game. Yeah, the, the handle on that game will be incredible. Would it, will it be like Super
4: Bowl betting or that? that's too crazy? Yeah.
6: No, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be anywhere near that, of course. But I would say when you look at all the regular season games, Monday night games, sing, you know standalone games, maybe a single standalone playoff game, it should probably exceed that. Wow.
7: Burn, uh, you know, you said wasted no time. My understanding is they have wasted no time in Vegas getting out props on everyone's favorite fourth string tight
6: end, Tim Tebow. Give us a breakdown, Burn. Believe it or not, there are two Tim Tebow props. There you if go. You want to? <laughs> you can bet whether he scores a touchdown this year, yes or no. The no is oh. minus eight hundred. The yes is five to one. Oh, not yes. great value, but the but the uh, prop bet that really cracks me up is how many receiving yards will Tim Tebow accumulate in 2021? The over-under is 19 and a half yards. Now, how on God's green <laughs> they arrived at that? What? I don't know. But this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I, I don't know why everybody's so up in arms about it. He hasn't really been offered anything yet. If he does, he's going to be part of the 90-man roster. Come on, people. He played for Urban Meyer. They won two national championships. He's from Jacksonville. He won the Heisman Trophy. He's not going to be handed anything. Urban Meyer doesn't want to lose the locker room. But by Urban Meyer's own uh, definition, he is a competitive maniac. So would it really surprise me if he finds his way into a preseason game, catches some passes, makes a plan, special team? I don't know. You know, we have to see what happens. Alden Smith came back after four or five years. This is not that unusual. It's just that it's Tim Tebow, and he's a very polarizing person for some people.
4: Uh, You know, Bernie, NBA, and I'm just kind of curious because as we get down and finish out the regular season, there seems to be some great value. I mean, take the Clippers tonight who rested everybody. They lost to the Rockets. You could have gotten what three to one, four to one, five. I don't even know how much you could have gotten on something like that. Any value you see as the season ends for the NBA, or is it too tough?
6: I wouldn't bet anything this weekend because pretty much everything's decided and teams are going to rest their players. But I'm finding it intriguing watching the futures odds in terms of the NBA championship. If you shop around here in Las Vegas, if you still have faith in the Lakers, you can find them at five to one in some shops. They're plus four fifty now uh the
4: uh I need more than that, Bernie. I need like eight or nine to one for well, the winter. yeah it, with those
6: that ship is sail. I mean they were three to one, two and a half to one all year before this recent three or four weeks. Look, I don't know what LeBron's doing. I, I would just say this that a high ankle sprain is a 10-week injury. It's a weight-bearing injury, and it's one thing to heal, but it's another thing when you get on the court and you got to stop, start, first up, explosion, jump, uh, move sideways, and maneuver, and you realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm not ready yet. So he's playing with fire. This is all teed up to the 18th when it looks like most likely they'll play Golden State in the, uh, of course, the uh, playing game. But... There are a couple of other things I'm finding interesting. Phoenix, who, who was 20-1 to 1 two weeks ago, is now down to 14-1. to 1. Wow. And I think this is one of those years where somebody can come in on the left field. I like the Clippers. They check every box. They go nine deep. They can score where they play defense. But can you trust these guys? Honest to God. Can you trust these guys? All of a sudden, Milwaukee and Giannis look like world beaters, <laughs> but what they do when it matters. So I'm really looking forward to the playoffs here. And I would suspicion that after the planned games are done, there'll be some adjustments on the, uh, on the futures totals before the real tournament kicks off.
4: All right. He's Bernie Frato host of straight out of Vegas, 11 o'clock Pacific on Saturday night comes on after us. You can tweet him at Bernie Fratto. Bernie, always a pleasure. My friend we will be listening tomorrow night. Yeah. Hey, I'll catch up with you
6: guys tomorrow night. I got a great story about a local professional better here who lost out on thirty thousand because he misinterpreted the sports books rules. I'll have that story for you tomorrow night. Oh, I love that
4: stuff! I love that stuff. Thank you, Bernie Fratto. Everybody, that's Uh, fun, guys. uh, Take care. I want to go ahead and mention. uh, We'll go over some of the stuff that Bernie had to talk about the odds. I also want to get
3: to the A's a little bit.
5: Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover
0: BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia.
1: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result: more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at Meta.com/MetaverseImpact. This
8: is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
4: Um, by the way, I am paying attention to what's going on in the A situation. Yes. I thought it was going to be Las Vegas. Bernie doesn't seem too positive about that. Then you hear the usual suspects, Portland, Charlotte, San Antonio. Um, and, of course, up in my neck of the woods, Montreal, where they used sure. to have the Expos. And let me tell you something. you They've played a couple of preseason or preseason exhibition games there. Yeah. And I believe the Blue Jays played on a Tuesday night last year. Torres or? Two years ago, before the COVID, and I think they put like fifty thousand in their stands. Uh, so you could really do well. Of course, that's a terrible stadium, and you got to fix up the old um, Olympic Stadium up there. But I, I think baseball is definitely big up there, and and could work. So I'm I'm hoping maybe Montreal's in the mix too.
7: I'll say this: couple things. One, Vegas was the first thing that came to mind. Yes. I, I know that they are, uh, you know, actively, uh, you know, I don't know about trying to add every major sport, but you know, trying to become a more traditional town and, and all that stuff. But Bernie, like you said, there need to be another new stadium built. All that stuff. I actually thought Clay Travis on his show this week kind of brought up some interesting points about the southeastern portion of the country and how really, um, you know outside of of the Atlanta Braves I mean I guess you would include the Rays and the Marlins but outside of the Atlanta Braves there's not really much in that footprint Nashville's growing really fast and The Rays are
4: going to move too they'll will they'll, they'll, they'll move up to uh uh to the, to Montreal when their contract ends they've already threatened that
7: Yes and so so just the idea that for such an area where there's such a big population, there really isn't uh, very many, very much major league baseball. So I, I think it's really interesting. And I will say, I mean, it, it does feel like the the A's thing has come full circle. I've never been to the stadium, but people that have been have just said it's it's an embarrassment. And so if the city isn't going to pony up, I mean, I I feel awful for Oakland fans. I mean, I referenced it an hour ago. I, I was a Hartford Whalers fan. I was there when the team left the city. But if the city isn't going to do anything to to, to give that organization major league amenities, then I think they really do have to consider moving.
4: Do they just move to Santa Clara then and, and go down that way like uh, like the 49ers or no, that's not going to work either?
7: Well, it seems like uh, they, they were trying to get stadiums built and there's always a reason that they can't. Right. And it seems like there's places that really want them and are going to do what it would take to get them in. And so... Uh, You know, is it Montreal? I saw Vancouver, which I thought was kind of interesting. Obviously, Vegas, Charlotte, all that stuff, Nashville. So it's going to be really interesting because this one. I mean, when Major League Baseball is basically telling the organization, "Hey, we give you guys approval to look for another home," that speaks to me that the thing is not going well, and that when you have the support of the league, that lets you know that it's getting pretty serious.
4: Uh, And and like I said, don't don't leave out Montreal. I mean, I. I like an hour from Montreal, you just want them. I would say you would go, an but
7: hour. you're not going to go. You people, for people who don't know Arnie Spanier, the man lives in Vermont, has never been to Fenway Park. Okay, so don't so don't give me I this work a lot. This don't give me this. Oh, I I just wanted an hour away. I would go every week. No, you wouldn't. You'd never go.
4: Well, they closed the border now, but I would go up there. I so I want to go see the Canadians play. I hear that's quite the experience. You know,
7: that would be cool. That's something I want to do. I, I I obviously I love. Um, you know, just experiencing the culture of, of a city and all that stuff and through sports and I can't imagine there's many things bigger than oh. seeing a game in, in uh, either Toronto or Montreal.
4: By the way, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it your school, UConn, that went D3? Oh wait, that was Hartford. All right, my bad. I'm sorry.
7: I am so mad about I'm that so- story. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't believe we're talking D3 athletics that right down the road from where I grew up in West Hartford, they they they, they make their first ever NCA tournament this year on the men's side. Greatest moment in the school's athletic department and then they shut down and go to D3. It's embarrassing.
4: Yeah, no, A lot and of people here, are upset about that.
7: And here's the other thing really quick, not that yeah. anybody cares except for University of Hartford fans, right. is they the, the, the argument was that the school was going to save so much money, no scholarships, all that stuff. They actually crunched the numbers. Uh, the, the alums hired an outside consulting firm. They're still going to lose money for 10 years with all the fees they're going to have to pay and this wow. and that. And wow. so the, the, the argument that they're making to leave isn't actually da- back up by data. It's embarrassing
4: and disgusting. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, well, maybe they could change your mind. Maybe they'll say, you know what? By the way, are they going to be D1 next year? or No, they're not even going to be D1 next year. So my understanding... It takes it, like a couple of years Yes, to do this.
7: they are slowly transitioning out. They will honor any scholarship of any athlete um, that has uh, you know signed up at the school. So in theory, for the next three years, they could be D1, but as you and I talked about on our Saturday show, anybody that's kind of followed that story at all knows that the players are blacking out the name of the school on the uniform and mm, it isn't pretty and and I, I hope the school figures out a way to 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 stay d1 because it's clear that the players and the alums are very upset about it
4: one final segment to go we'll give you some picks and predictions uh some news and notes to finish out the show that's coming up next right here on fox sports our radio
3: be sure to catch live editions of the jason smith show with mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific
4: all right. Good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, final segment sitting in for the guys, Jason Smith, and his best friend Mike Carmen. Show just flew on by. I don't know how those guys do four hours every night, though. You know what I mean? Torres, that go—that's a long show. It feels long sometimes, but
7: I had, you know, what I had a blast with you tonight, Arnie. I thought we, you know, we were talking before the show. I think for mid-May. Uh, You know, we barely even touched on Tebow. There's a lot of NBA stuff we didn't get to. It feels like there's a lot of meat on the bone for the middle of May.
4: Well, we're not done. Give us a little music. Put us in the mood. Let's go ahead and give you some predictions before we get out of here. I will tell you this, now that the NBA season running on down, Lakers and Golden State will be the first round matchup in the play-in game. Lakers aren't going to be able to get to number 6. They'll play 7 against 8. Golden State will win that first game. Uh Won't mean that the Lakers won't bounce back, but look for Golden State to pull the upset of that first game. I'm looking forward to something like that. Absolutely. I, I do think the
7: Lakers, went once they get uh, LeBron and AD back, will be fine. The Warriors are a nice story. I think in some ways, as weird as it sounds, they've maybe overachieved because of the injuries and all that stuff. I would like the Lakers in that situation. though.
4: The Knicks are probably going to be a 6-seed, though. It's still not out of the question. They could move up their uh, tie with Miami if there's a three-way tie with Atlanta. Atlanta gets the four seed, Miami five, Knicks are six. If it's a two-way tie between Miami and the Knicks, Knicks will still get six. It just has to be a two-way tie between Atlanta and the Knicks. I don't know if that's going to happen. I would love to see the Knicks in the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. I think the Knicks could pull off the upset there, but uh it looks like they'll end up playing Milwaukee, and I don't know if they'll get by Milwaukee. It will go six games. Knicks will win a couple of them. But uh, Milwaukee would probably end up winning that series, Torres. By the way, as great as the Knicks
7: story is, if you think they can upset the Nets, you're out of your mind. So with that said— We are said, the New York Knicks. Okay. All right. We all love Julius Randle. Great story. Uh, Julius Randle ain't taking down that Don't big do Don't forget three.
4: Frazier, Monroe, Bradley, Debuscher and Phil Jackson, too. Yeah, you're dating yourself. You're dating oh, like wow. Jeannie Bus there. You're dating— And John yeah, Starks. Just-
7: Yes, very good. By the way, I have a prediction for you, or I have a question that's a prediction for you. Yes. The current organization known as the Oakland A's will be playing where in 2025?
4: In 2025, they will be playing, hopefully, in Montreal. But I could see maybe like a place like Nashville or something like that. I could see that happening. Where do you think they're going to be playing? Well, that watch, huh? I guess I stumped them there. All right, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be playing, hopefully, Montreal. Like I said, it's only an hour from me, so I would, love to be able, I, I would love to go ahead and be able to see those games, Torres. But you wouldn't go, though. We already established this. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe yes. I will get off my butt. Rodgers will end up in Green Bay. I was wrong. I thought he was going to end up with Denver, but it looks like he'll stay with the Packers, I'm thinking. <laughs>
7: I think he will end up with Green Bay as well. Um, I, you know, the organization is in a tough spot, but they have, I, I don't believe, much of an incentive to trade him, and I still believe Green Bay is the best place for him to win. I expect him to be there as well.
4: You know, I went to an Ivy League school, University of Arizona. Yes. So they, I have to stick with my kind Bob Bafford, Preakness, Medina Spirit. Takes the victory there. I I mean, as long as it stays clean, I guess.
7: Watch that hay. Watch that hay. You never know who gets into that barn. So I'm going to take that. Don't drink cough
4: medicine and use the restroom.
7: Yes, I'm going to take that other horse. That's really good because uh, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, uh, huge horse racing guy. Yeah, big, big Preakness guy, are you, my friend? Or I'll what? tell you, I I have been to the Preakness twice at 100 percent capacity. That is about as wild of a sporting event as you can possibly attend. It is insane.
4: And what's that story? Who is it? Is it Logan Paul's the boxer? Did I get that right? Please help me. Logan on that. Paul is the yeah. one that is fighting Floyd Mayweather.
7: Jake did, Paul is the one that f- stole his hat.
4: Did you know that Logan Paul was hanging out with Gronk and. His brothers this. and they put on the the boxing gloves and I guess Logan Paul was messing them up. Okay, so real quick on this,
7: I, I actually interviewed Jake Paul before he fought Nate Robinson. Okay, and. They are like one really into boxing. Here's the other thing. It's kind of like the Tim Tebow thing. They were both great athletes in high school. Jake Paul, or uh, one of the Pauls, was a state champion wrestler. Okay. I don't care what state you're in, wrestling is no joke. And so these kids are great athletes. They're not Floyd Mayweather caliber, but the idea that they can beat other athletes amateur boxers like I don't understand why it's so inconceivable I guess because they're kind of uh, you know pretty boy uh, youtubers but I'm telling you man these kids can fight I talked to Jake Paul before that Nate Robinson fight and I could tell he was taking it serious
4: yeah, you know, I just, I still, I would, I, I want to see the Mayweather fight. I'm looking forward to that. I'll pay $100. I'd pay $1,000 to see Tom Brady fight Bill Belichick, but that, that's <laughs> in a fight, that,
7: in a fist fight?
4: Yes. I, I don't that, know how pretty that'd be. 43 no, whole, and 68 no or whatever. We got to thank the guys. First of all, thanks to Jason Smith and Mike Harmon for letting us fill in. Our technical director, Alex Tyshirt, Our producer, Lee DeLap. Thanks to DeSager on the updates. Of course, my partner, Aaron Torres. Uh, we're back tomorrow, 8 p. to 11 p. Pacific. Jonas is up next here on Fox Sports
5: Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.